Part of our weekend update is that I am now in an open relationship. That wasn't news. That Woo! didn't make Everybody sense. Everybody clap for Jeep. Thank you. It was a very really seamless conversation. We, I basically just said, oh, like, should we consider opening a relationship? And he was like, sure. And then I was like, wow, like, what conversation are we having now? Like, that was so easy. That was so easy. And he, did I tell you this? I think I told you this. He said to me, um... There were two big reasons as to why he was comfortable with this decision and why he didn't have to put too much thought into it. Well, three, three big parts. One, I'm not his ex. His ex was psycho. His ex had all these crazy rules. And, like, we're not doing all those crazy rules. We have very, very, very simple rules, mm-hmm. which are, like, wearing a condom with other people. Fair. Absolutely fair. Um, no dates. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. that's like emotional cheating. Mm-hmm. Like you can grab a drink with somebody. That's not a big deal. Like I'm right, not going to go crazy about that. Yeah. But like, no, like dinner in a movie kind of thing. No, like eight hour romp arounds, you know? Mm-hmm. And then number two was that he has full trust in me, which is amazing. We love to hear that. And then and I have full trust in him as well. And then number three was he has no idea what my type is. He has no clue. (laughs) It's not a rule. No, it's not a rule. It's just like a reason why he felt comfortable and why he's not jealous. I see. I see. I see. Um, Yeah, I think that's totally necessary. Also, like really with the rules thing, you have to keep the rules. If you have an open relationship, the rules have to be at an absolute minimum. Minimum. Like absolute minimum. Like don't get me wrong. They're totally like if you're in an open relationship and y'all can just raw dog whoever, that's great. If you're in an open relationship and your sex outside of that relationship has to be, you know, has to involve protection, also fine. Like, that's just, like, logically a question of, like, preference and comfort for, like, the partners in question. Um, and obviously defer to the partner who's less comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, that one seems, like, pretty obvious to me. But I remember the one time I tried an open relationship well before I was, like, mature enough to do so our rules were like, okay, but you can't have penetrative sex with anyone and you can only hook up with one person three times max. Like, we had these totally arbitrary rules that were just like, I was 18, okay? Oh, I was going to (laughs) say. Like, it was just like ridiculous. They were just destined to be broken. And then it's also like you break them and it's actually much harder to communicate that kind of dishonesty because... To lie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to lie. What I, what I mean is, it's really, it's actually hard. Well, no, it's easier to lie about it. It's no, it's easier to lie about it. It's harder to communicate honestly about it or about the fact that you fucked up because it's sort of like because it just feels so arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I hooked up with this dude for a fourth time, and like in theory, I'm supposed to tell you because we had this rule that said X, but like it just simply hasn't changed the way I feel about you. So like, why do I have to tell you? You know what I mean? It's like my boyfriend's ex, one of their biggest rules was that if you were going to hook up with somebody, you had to 
not only send a picture of who it was, but ask no. permission first. No, 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 and no, no, no. That's where it all went awry. Like, that's truly where the jealousy <laughs> began. And it wasn't the jealousy on my boyfriend's part. It was his ex. His ex got so jealous. His ex is like, it's not fair that, like, all these attractive people are, they like, try and have sex with you and, like, I'm not getting enough attention. And <laughs> damn it. And then, <laughs> and then my boyfriend... <laughs> And then my boyfriend was like, was like, this isn't my fault. This is not my fault. Like, I, why are you getting mad at me for this? Like, right. I don't understand. And like, these are rules that you set up, like you put into place that you control me. Right. And it's also like, first of all, like, don't date anyone that insecure ever. Period. Don't. Period. Like, just don't do it. But also it's like, if that's your compulsion, if you as a listener feel like, oh, that could be me, like your only option is monogamy or like therapy. <laughs> that too. Okay, there are three options. Monogamy, <laughs> therapy. Honestly, these options could work in concert. Um, but also just like the hear no evil, see no evil approach. Like if you're like really like we have to have an open relationship, but you're going to be so rattled by knowing who it is, then your approach just needs to be not knowing, which has worked for people. When I dated um, my Norwegian boo, um, who probably wouldn't want me to use his name, so I won't. Um, like we had an open relationship and his rule was basically like, I know it's happening I also know that I'm a less sexually active person than you. So I know you're having more sex than me. Um, And I just don't want to know about it. I trust you. Like, you know, again, our rule was like use protection, essentially. Like, I trust you to respect me and my boundaries. So please just do that tacitly. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And like, some people feel like that's like a red flag. And I totally disagree. I think like... I disagree. Yeah. I I just don't want you like, like, like flaunting it or like, are like two things we discussed is like a really good friend of mine who's been in an open relationship for a long time told me to do like a buy or try weekly check-in. Just like, how are you doing? Have, who have you hooked, like, have you hooked up with anybody? Like, how is it going? Not asking for details, not asking for this, just mm-hmm. like checking in. Just be like, is everything going okay? And then my other rule is like, if it's funny, you have to tell me. <laughs> if it's a funny story, you need to tell me what happened. I'm, con- I'm in the business of producing content, content. these days. So um, if it's funny, I simply have to know. Exactly. No, but like to your credit, like, I think check-ins could be good, but like, for example, with Norwegian boo, he did not want that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think that's totally fine because the converse or the the opposite of that is, I need to stop misusing the word converse, um, aside, but anyway, the the, Chuck Taylor of it, (laughs) the Chuck Taylor of it is really that. And I've talked to you about this is there are couples, there are so many fucking open gay couples in Brooklyn who are clearly telling each other about each and every piece of ass that they get. And it very quickly devolves into a competition between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Right. I had this one cup. I hook up with this one dude only to find out after the fact that he is in an open relationship, which by the way, start with that, whatever. Um, and I was like, cool, whatever. Love that for you. Um, fast forward two weeks, his partner starts vehemently hitting me up on Instagram and it's a shame because at the end of the day, like I initially thought I like was attracted to him and then sort of 
through communicating with him and looking at more of his photos, realized I wasn't. So I do feel bad because in this case, I did kind of lead the guy on. But ultimately, I didn't. Ultimately, I don't feel bad because what was really happening and what was so obvious through all those communications is like, you've only taken an interest in having sex with me because your partner has had sex with me and you haven't. That exact thing happened to me in Pittsburgh. The exact same thing. I picked one of the two because one was significantly more attractive than the other. He gave me the best head of my life in my painting (laughs) studio. It was incredible. And then we were just casually hooking up here and there. Then the boyfriend got jealous and forbid him from hooking up with me, talking to me, seeing me, whatever, and then started reaching out to me. And I obviously wasn't about it. And then the guy, like the guy I was hooking up with stole the boyfriend's car to come see me. And there was all this drama. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't like you like that. And then he like drunkenly texted me one night telling me he loved me. I'm like, we don't talk. Like we just have sex. Like why you shouldn't be feeling this okay, way about me. I feel me. like this is actually like a totally different kind of problem. This exact thing did not happen to you. Well, then you were not the battleground for some like uh, or some like sexual play thing on which this like couple's pathologizing their mutual insecurities. You had a man fall in love with you. I guess. <laughs> and then but then they broke up and then the boyfriend re- the ex-boyfriend now reached out to me and was like I know what he did to you and he broke your heart too just like he broke mine oh, like no, we should get no, together I'm no, like no 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 I don't know him like that no no so they're both delusional they were really bent for each other and did I go back a year and a half later to get the head again you sure did sweetheart was it a mistake Absolutely. Did he have (laughs) four mattresses stacked on top of each other as his bed? So we had to quite literally, we're both pretty short. I'm 5'5", as we all know. Can you reach up there? No. (laughs) (laughs) I had to scale the side of the bed to get on top. It was not sexy. Not me rock climbing for cock. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, on the other end of the spectrum of why you just should not actually have super candid conversations with your partner about who you're fucking outside of your relationship is it creates this false sense of sexual democracy. Allow me to elaborate. One of my only like regular hookups in my neighborhood, because as we know, I live in a um, queer wasteland. Yeah. Um, truly. Uh, <laughs> Food desert or cock desert? Stuyvesant Heights, ladies and gentlemen. Look it up. Sty- uh, what? That's technically what this neighborhood is called. I say bed for Isn't ease. Isn't that Stuyvesant Heights? Whatever. Stuyvestin? Hello? Stuyvesant. I just put the stress on the wrong word. I'm new here. That Whatever. sounds like a hate crime. It is a hate crime. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> anyway. One of my only like regular hookups is this really sexy, muscly Venezuelan man um, a few blocks down the road. And we like go to the same gym and we're always like making eyes at each other. We have this whole rapport and he'll come over probably like once a week, every other week, whatever. The problem is he has this partner that is who's just honestly absolutely hideous like to me. Like I'm just not attracted to attracted to him and it's clearly like one of those things where like oh y'all got together 15 years ago fell madly in love and then one of you fell off um Mm. yeah you know and we see that with people in their late 30s early 40s this is why you don't date your like high school sweetheart period one of you's gonna fall off um but (laughs) um anyway so the partner that I'm not attracted to lo and behold after I hook up with this guy a few times starts blowing me up on grinder. And I'm like, 
honestly, like, I just don't answer, right? Like, I'm literally, like, not interested. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to, I don't want anything to be messy. But I'm like, honestly, you are only hitting my line because you know your partner's been inside me. And it's not a matter of, like, competition with you. It's like, you actually think you could swing this hard. And that's rude. That is rude. It's rude. And you know what's more rude? Mind the gate, baby. <laughs> Welcome back. Wait, okay. Actually, I had my own segue I was going to try to throw out there. Uh, what was it? Which is, do you think in the, co- so in the context of an open relationship, are you allowed to pay for sex? <gasps> and that leads us to our topic of the evening, ladies and gents and theys and thems, girl gays and theys. <laughs> It's gapenomics, baby, and we're your teachers. You're getting a BA? Is that what it is? A BA? Bachelors of ass. Bachelors of ass. <laughs> and we're your deans. <laughs> or professors. Well, no, we'll workshop it. Who will workshop it? No, but today we did want to talk about uh, the gay marketplace, if you will, paying for sex, trans women in sex work, um, money shots, meat markets of all kinds and varieties. Um, and I do actually want to start with that question of like, if you're in an open relationship, are you allowed to pay for sex? What does that look like? I don't see why not. I mean, I would absolutely pay for sex if it was in my budget, just because I think we were discussing this earlier. Mm-hmm. First of all, sex work is real work, period, period. end of story. End and of story. there is a huge, there's also a big difference that I want to touch on before we like dive right in, which is like there's sex work that people do to survive and there is sex that people do like as like a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And like, those are two like very, very different things. And like, as someone who fully believes in sex work being real work, of course I would pay for a professional, you know what I mean? No, Some with talent, skill. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's like, I've had enough bad sex to know mm-hmm. that there is a bell curve distribution of people who, in bed. And like, if I can pay for top tier talent, I probably would. That being said, I never have. Um, and I think part of that is like a overcoming like an internalized stigma, definitely. But B, like I have never had like sex is expensive. Like I've never had the disposable income to just be like, I'm going to drop X amount of money. I used to briefly, cock. and we've talked about this before in the pod. I briefly dated a sex worker very, very briefly. And he gave me that shit for free, baby. But he was like <laughs> 500 an hour. And God knows I can't afford that. But no, that's like top tier well, stuff. At least that's what I would like to think is top tier. I don't know. Standard in New York. I was talking to a sex worker the other day, actually. And they told me standard fare, like, any sex like if you're not charging 300 an hour yes it means like you literally just don't know what you're doing or like you're you're completely out of touch like 300 the 300 an hour is like the minimum and this guy had like a review website and all of his reviews were talking about how the smell of his armpits were like taking a popper rip i love that i once hooked up with boomer banks shout out boomer banks um and he tweeted about my armpits and said he would like to bottle and sell the scent. And I was like, that is honestly a great compliment, especially as someone who is perennially very stinky. Okay. Also, can I just say, circling back to something, I don't know if we talked about this in the pod, about how this one time in LA, I hooked up with this guy and he told me he was like 
hypnotized by the smell of my asshole. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that we've talked about this. <laughs> Not hypnotized. I remember telling this to Reese and Reese was like, guys don't regularly compliment the smell of your asshole. Oh, that does happen to me a lot, I will say. And I'm like, okay, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, <laughs> I brought this up with the guy that I hooked up with and he was like, I've never heard someone say that. And I don't know if that's like a me problem or not, or if that's just society. Look, but like, I don't think it's that common to compliment someone's ass scent. I've had my pussy stench complimented dozens of times. All right. Really? Whatever. I mean, it's clearly just cause I, whatever. I'm just fucking like pigs, like, <laughs> like right in my butthole. That's it's true. Little we are, we are fucking two different demographics. Two very different demographics. Um, speaking of pay, paying for sex, I have been paid for sex. And I think it was actually that experience that made me very open to seeing, yes, seeing sex work as legitimate, but also seeing paying for sex, like that experience, that exchange as like kind of erotic and a fetish in its own right. Like pretty much what happened was I was in Philly and this like weird swish financier was like in Philly orchestrating some like very clandestine multi-million dollar financial exchange and mm-hmm. staying in like the penthouse of an apart of a hotel in center city. And I was gonna fuck the dude anyway, because mm-hmm. like he had a huge dick and he was hot. I mean, he was older. He was like in his fifties, but it was like major daddy vibes. But like, I was really on a time crunch and like, I don't love like running in somewhere, like throwing my clothes off, like taking a load and then like running out with it still leaking. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, stress should not be. I like to take my time. I like to take my time. So I was like, let's like postpone whatever. And he's like, I'll pay you 300 bucks if you come right now. And I was like, done. Like literally I'm like running to the train, like typing back, like pushing little children out of the way. Like I'm coming. Um, And it was so hot. Like, he literally, like, Venmoed me with my cock in his mouth and then, like, waved the screen in my face showing me that he paid and then was like, you're mine now. And I was like, that is so hot. It was so hot. And, like, it also ties into this other thing that I want to, like, we want to talk about, like, cash fins and cash subs. Mm -hmm. Like, fin dom. Yeah, fin dom. So for those of you who don't know, that just stands for financial domination, Um, it's literally exactly what it sounds like. Basically subs like send their Dom cash. Um, the parameters of that obviously depend on the Dom and the sub, but like usually it's for like sexual favors or like pictures and videos is really popular. A lot of fin Doms have these like semi-viral Twitters where they just have these cash pigs. Yeah. These like placeless cash pigs who exist all over the world, just like sending them pocket change or sometimes serious change for photos, videos, what have you. And often of course, like in person, tangible sexual experiences. I had one experience where, wow, is it raining? I had one experience. (laughs) (laughs) You'll hear a not so gentle hum in the background. It's because a literal tropical Tropical storm storm is coming (laughs) and we're going out tonight, baby. That's not going to stop us. My wig is going to fly away your wig is not gonna fly away because it'll be waterlogged (laughs) (laughs) be soaked in my head but so I had a fandom experience once kind of where I was at home Bed-Stuy this guy was messaging me and he said I want you to meet me in the specific back alley and I want you to wear Adidas slides and basketball shorts and I want you to grab your your dick 
wave it in my face. I'm not allowed to touch it. And you need to call me your faggot ATM. (laughs) And I will hand over as much cash as you want. And I said, how does $200 sound? And he says, great. And then because of like, because of a stupid little emergency, I wasn't able to go. (gasps) And then he blocked me. Oh, that sucks. And then about a month later on the cut, someone from my neighborhood wrote an article about how this exact man reached out to them. Same parameters, same role play. The guy asked for about 250, similar amount that I asked for. He goes there. The guy's like, I'm so sorry. This is all I'm able to give you. And he gave him like 1450. <gasps> no. Also, if, why didn't you send me that article before this recording? That's incredible. If I went to this little submissive faggot ATM and was only given 1450 for the masculine performance of a lifetime, I would. I, I'd I don't smack know the dude unconscious. I'd smack him unconscious. I'd dropkick him. Oh, yeah. Because he's already on his knees. I'd be like, you really put yourself in a... In a pickle. A horrible situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only note I have under cash doms and subs is that my kink is class descent. And you know what? I actually don't want to elaborate on that. <laughs> gonna, we're going to scratch that bit. Um, talked about dating a sex worker. I do want to talk about... Trans women in sex work. I mean, I want to hear Jeep talk about, yes, trans women in sex work. Now, I have a lot of girlfriends and guy friends who do sex work. I know a lot of people who have been around the bush, and I feel like for trans women, a lot of us are, like, expected to be sex workers. Mm -hmm. That was, like, my biggest issue when I was trying to date as a trans woman. Um was all these guys were approaching me on these dating apps. Like, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. Like, I have a career path. I'm doing this lovely podcast. Like, I come from a mixed bag of privilege. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just don't see the need to be doing sex work. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, like, that's not who I am. And it's not fair to trans women no matter who she is, regardless if she's a sex worker or not, it's not fair to be like, oh, like, I only see you as this sexual object, as this professional for me to use. And I think that's, and it's bullshit. And it's just like, I had all these guys come on to me. I had many guys that were like, some were like, we had a great rapport. We had a great conversation. They were like, oh, like, I'll offer you like this much money if you do this. And I'm like, I just want to, I want to go on a date. I want someone to buy me a drink. Like, I'm not trying to like, get money for it pay me in booze and kindness please pay me in booze and kindness and then maybe (laughs) i'll pay you with my sweet hole but that's neither here nor there neither here nor there i mean it's also unfortunate for the obvious reason of it just they're disproportionately affected right when you make that assumption you're wholly ignoring wholly whole you're wholly ignoring the fact that there are like structures at play that push these women into sex work you Mm -hmm. know uh racism, economic precarity, um, marginalization of any sort of flavor and variety. Absolutely. Um, And so it's just like, it's just stupid. Um, And also, again, why are you judging someone for some, like, I don't know. It's like you're passing judgment on some, I think it also plays into this weird thing where like men want to see themselves as saviors. It's like, because you get, you you find yourself in this catch-22, this bind where like, 
And I think this transfers across like people who are presumed to be sex workers. Like I don't mm-hmm. think this is trans specific where it's like, okay, you're judging me because I'm a sex worker. Like you're a shitty person. No, like nothing more to say. But then it's also like if you're not, but you still presume I'm a sex worker, it's like all I'm getting is like weird, like white savior complex. Like you see this as something you have to like pull me out of. Absolutely. And it's also like the cruel irony of that is like actually like, and this is why we hate sex workers, right? Is they make fucking money, right? We hate sex workers because they are predominantly women who have found a means of like economic empowerment that not only exists, that doesn't necessarily exist outside of, but that exists like in defiance of the patriarchy and the institution Mm -hmm. of marriage and blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, either way, even if you're presuming I'm a sex worker and you're cool with it, the presumption in and of itself tells me something about you that's like wildly unsavory. Wildly unsavory. Wildly unsavory. And like, there's a difference between sex work and Sugar daddies and mommies. <laughs> yes, let's talk about sugar daddies. Now, <laughs> we've both had forays and tasted what it could be like to be a little sugar baby. I have never had a full time, I have never had, and I never will have a sugar daddy. I did, oh, fuck, I wish I could quote that whole thing. It's a drag race thing. It's, it's going, <laughs> Reese's eyes are glazed over. He has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Reese doesn't watch drag race. I confession, I don't. But I. The closest thing I, not, mm, the, probably one of the closest moments I had to a sugar daddy was one of the closest moments was this older guy inviting me back to his place, penthouse, near my apartment, convenient. He was an emergency room doctor. He had the best blow ever. Black market, tested it in his own lab, super clean, incredible. I was already wasted. He had his children's drawings everywhere. He was like offering me money and like. There's a detail in here that's not relevant. (laughs) (laughs) I spy with my little eye an extraneous detail. Um, There, he also had like, he also paid for all of his porn and was showing me like Mormon boy porn. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not the flex you think it is. Like, you paying for porn is not, oh, I'm rich. It's like, oh, you don't know how to use the internet. No, 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 no. Porn, I ha- I know someone who pays for porn that's, like, our age. And that isn't, you know, that doesn't have an Wait, extraneous amount. Wait, I'm sorry, can we of- have, like, a, a brief, like, tete-a-tete on paying for porn? Do you think that's ever acceptable? Yes, because some, there are a lot of ethical porn studios that need and deserve the money because it's still sex work. Mm. I'm not saying Mormon Boys is an ethical porn yeah, studio. Yeah, this is this is a bad platform for that argument. But <laughs> I am saying the argument that someone said to me was like, it's really nice to like have favorite porn stars and watch their career grow. Okay, I think that's completely fair, and it definitely boils down to like an argument of like financially, truly financially supporting maybe artists, definitely like laborers who need need and want money for their work Mm -hmm. fair enough i'm just like but i can just get it for free i can just get it for free i can just get it for free like just give me the name of the episode do we call porn films episodes whatever films just just give me the name of the film and i can just google it and i will immediately have it but so apparently pornhub is really cracking down they are really cracking down and i don't know if you heard that lightning the sky is also also cracking cracking down down on us (laughs) 
<laughs> God hates this podcast. <laughs> but so, um, back at the ranch, we're fucking all over the apartment. It's like super hot. It's so exciting. He's offering me all this like money and all this stuff, all these things. And then he says to me, he's like, I can give you my prescription pad. And that was kind of where I drew the line because as, <laughs> no. as much as I love Percocets, I am only going to get them legally. So he has just like a stamp of his signature and he's like, here, literally, <laughs> literally, he told me that like his ex-partner was 28 and like had his prescription pad and would just write prescriptions for like Xanax and perks like all the time if anyone's wondering why we have an opioid crisis in this country it's this man it's literally this man like it's literally <laughs> it's this actually man. just him and that was full stop where I drew the line I mean fair I think that's bullshit like I'll take your money I'm not gonna like like take also it's like if yeah. you want to slip me a couple perks like hot different you know different, different. vibe if you want to give me unlimited supply to whatever drug I'm whatever no the answer is no you were about to say yes (laughs) the answer is maybe (laughs) (laughs) um but so once all the drugs alcohol wore off I kind of like looked over at him and he wanted to go again and I was like I need to leave right now I also (laughs) egregiously lied about who I was can you actually write me a prescription for a brisk exit (laughs) for a brisk (laughs) exit please um yeah, my experience with sugar daddies is pretty peripheral. I've definitely, like, I think the closest I've ever come to feeling sugared, if that's a verb, is um, I had a, a New York flex moment where I saw um, and hooked up with Mel Ottenberg a couple times, creative director of Interview Mag. Really hope he's not listening. Um, and he just bought me, like, expensive dinners. That was about it. Although I did get a really nice night in the Four Seasons Miami that one time. When you got mercilessly robbed on the beach. Oh, yeah. And by we, by we, Reese just means me. I got mercilessly robbed on the beach. Hold on. Hold on. I am, mer- my, my purse was stolen. The keys, the only keys to the rental car, the only keys to the hotel. The co- hotel concierge was closed, so we could even get back in. These, Hannah's shoes. Hannah's shoes, my shoes, my camera. The whole thing. And then these two. Two guys walk up to us, <laughs> specifically speaking to me, and they're like, what are you ladies up to for the rest of the evening? And I'm like, sir, our persons just got stolen. All of our shit's gone. We look insane. Like, this is a horrible time to be hitting on us. And then he says to me, well, I can offer you a warm bed and a jacuzzi. <laughs> In that moment, I wanted... <sighs> I wanted nothing more than to get spit roasted in a jacuzzi by two strangers. And thank... If you want it, it's not assault. (laughs) Exactly. And so I... It might have been. But but. (laughs) I turn and look at the girls I was with, and they were fear. They were like, no, 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 no. We're going to get traffic. These men are not that attractive. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, sorry. This is, I guess, a bad idea. And you know what? Hindsight 2020. Because we would have totally been trafficked. Absolutely. And this is why we love that Jeep is for the girls. For the girls. Jeep is for the girls. Literally girls first. This entire time, I was getting pounded with expensive cocktails free of charge, um, pile drive for several hours in a California King, and sleeping till noon. Wait, can I ask you a question that's completely off topic? Absolutely. Okay, so recently I actually had a discussion about this the other day. About the phrase 
turning out. (laughs) 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 I want to know, Reese, what exactly does getting turned out mean to you? It's when you're like, I mean, it's literal. It's like you're pulling my second hole out of my butthole. Okay, thank you. Because that is what I thought it meant. I what thought else it meant could like it possibly be <laughs> someone. I think it was my boyfriend who said something about like, oh, like when you turn someone out, it means you like make them your bitch. Okay, first of all, I don't really pin them as like a hardcore sex aficionado. So like, <laughs> we're just gonna take whatever he thinks with a grain of salt. But second. What? Yeah, <laughs> and then I no was like, sense. doesn't it mean he doesn't it mean he's like pulling your fucking asshole and turning it inside out? Listen, like gay men are very creative. They are not figurative. Like they we say what we mean. If I'm saying turned out, like something from my inside is coming to my outside. Okay, great, because I just wanted to clarify that because that is why it's so unsexy to me. Um how long after a BBL do you have to wait to get turned out? Call up your dad. <laughs> that's, for a, the, that's a great For those cue. who don't know, my dad administers anywhere between four to seven BBLs a week. Like, this is his life. And I and cannot wait to get my, my financial mine. cushion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I cannot wait to get my BBL from his dad. And paid for by your sugar daddy. And paid for my, my sugar daddy, baby girl. If, if I ever get a sugar daddy, which I've, I've never really wanted one because, like, I feel like a lot of these men expect so much from you afterwards. They, like, want to control you. They have opinions of what you're doing, what you're wearing, what they're buying for you. And I am independent. I have taste. I'm doing my own thing. I don't need a second opinion. I feel like it's relatively... If you're already, like wrapped up in the world of having a sugar daddy or finding one I feel like yes they're very controlling I feel like from an aesthetic perspective honestly as long as I get to dress how I want and look how I want like my sugar daddy would have free reign like I like being told what to do like I literally (laughs) like that's what I tell I literally say this in job interviews and incidental in upon reflection maybe this is like why I'm not getting jobs but like I'll tell people like I love having a boss like I love being told what to do like I need a fire under my ass like just Tell like I'm at A. Tell me what B is and how to get there, and like I'll get there. You know what I mean? Same idea with sugar daddies. I'm what they call a self starter. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Um, I will say no. I don't know. If I had a sugar daddy, my purchases would be so so much more simple. They'd be simpler. But if there are any sugar daddies listening that would like to pay for my FFS tits and BBL, let me know. Um. I just want a, a Cartier, the Cartier nail bracelet. You know, the solid gold nail you wrap mm-hmm. around your wrist. That's all I want. Honestly, do I want my tits done? I've, I, I think I'm just going to stick with hormone tits, honestly. I think you'll get some good knockers on I hormones. I think I'll get some good jugs. Yeah. You know? I think you're already, like, low T. Like, your body's ready for, for some jugs. She's ready for some jugs. She's ready for some jugs. Um, the money shot. The money shot. Shifting without any sort of fluidity. If you're talking gaponomics, you gotta talk the money shot. Um, do we, but like, do we like the money shot? Do we need the money shot? We, I don't need the money shot when I'm watching a film. To clarify, the money shot is like the, the reel of the dude, the top, you essentially coming. 
I guess like it's a money so shot. I love if, a cream if pie. If it's a dude, yeah, I love a cream pie. Like if it's a dude it. coming, it's a money shot. Um, to give credit where credit is due to like hard bottoms. Um, or a woman squirting. A woman squirting, that is a money shot. And as Jeep and I spent an inordinate amount of time doing yesterday, watching women squirt is truly exciting. Like, it is exciting. Go, like n- fucking Niagara Falls out of some of these ladies. It is amazing. It I just wish looks like I they're having like such that. a good time. Such a good time. And I love joy. And it's also like, well, in the case of the videos we watched, what was that porn star's name? We sh- we'll link Alex we'll- James. Alex James. I'm obsessed. Ladies and gentlemen, like I don't like straight men. I love Alex James. Like speaking of paying for sex, I would pay this man an arm and a leg to fuck me. Like he is a king and like he fucks these women and it is just truly like and they're so Victoria happy. Falls coming out of these women and they're so happy like it is female ecstasy on video it's honestly kind of beautiful um because you don't get a lot of that in straight porn you really don't get like femme forward movement you don't and this is honestly nasty but it's like they just squirt so much that it's like it's unavoidable that having sex sex with them like you will come out like covered in, in fluids yeah you'll be covered in splooge shooter splooge pussy juice it can pussy juice be splooge why not we're all about equality we're all about equality deconstructing the binary deconstructing the Vis-a-vis binary splooge. all juice is splooge all juice is splooge like there's just so much splooge that it's like you know it's on his it's just on every part of his body it's like one of those things where you stand up and you're like how did that get here and you're like shaking it out of your ear you know um anyway point being Actually, this is what I wrote. Unless the <laughs> unless the cum shot involves some seriously milky ribbons, mm-hmm. some ropes, some ropes. Like, I want it to be like those ultra buff dudes at CrossFit who have two huge ropes and they're just shaking them up and down with their arms. Like, that's what I want your cum shot to look like. Otherwise, I'm honestly not interested. It's like it has to be incredibly theatrical. Honestly, you would have gone crazy for my cum shot yesterday. It was wild. So wild. I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, pish posh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a squirter, but it's like, it's kind of like a spritz. Oh my God. It's It's like so funny that you say that (laughs) because this one guy I used to hook up with this one daddy I used to hook up with. He um, told me, equated me coming to spraying (laughs) no I do kind of have a spray it's like somewhere between like an atomizer and a Jackson Pollock like I don't know like Mm -hmm. it's not ropes I don't I I don't have ropes it's violent it, it is violent though and it will get in your eyes you know who has ropes Texas Texas has ropes huge ropes hot so hot I'm like literally shoot these out and strangle me with them you know who sometimes has ropes yeah boyfriend boyfriend <laughs> we're gonna beep out his name <laughs> or not i'm gonna vote for not um kind of a kind of a retroactive money shot cum cubes all right you say that as if it's something that everyone is like oh of course cum cubes i need to extricate myself from gay porn twitter because like i'm starting to see some weird shit on the reg <laughs> but no so cum cubes are unfortunately exactly what they sound like um they are men who ejaculate men ejaculate in ice trays freeze their loads i mean and like to be fair like this is actually um this is going to sound so annoying, but there's actually a rich history of cum, of cum cubes where, like... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, can't so, look me in the eyes and say that. No, so at the onset... This is kind of grim, but at the onset of 
the AIDS epidemic, there was this, the AIDS epidemic sort of conceived this new, very um, racy fetish um, of like infection, right? So they were like bottoms who wanted to get HIV um, actively, like were actively seeking infection from pause tops were called um, bug chasers. Bug chasers, yeah. And then tops were called gift givers. And one of them, like the advent of, I, we should fact check this, but I'm like 98% sure I'm right. The advent of like cum cubes was like literally like a bunch of like men of like ambiguous HIV status, like coming in an ice tray, freezing it, and then shoving it all up some hungry bottoms. But that's insane. I'm going to yeah. king shame that. Yeah. Well, okay. Pause. Let's problematize that. Um, well, we won't, but, um, <laughs> I will say there is, like in Cuba, Cuba, uh, in Cuba, Cuba, uh, in come Cuba, um, really though, uh, also in the throes of the HIV AIDS crisis at, at the first wave of it, rather, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was like the throes of the most like desolate um, states of like their ostensibly communist regime. And they were imprisoning gay men who had been infected with HIV. If you had Mm. HIV, you were sent to what was effectively a concentration camp. But um, conditions in Cuba were so desolate that people were actively infecting themselves because people in those concentration camps were given shelter and three square meals a day. Oh my God. So uh, there's a, there's a whole book about this. I cannot remember for the life of me who the author is. I'll find it and I'll drop it somewhere. Maybe I always say that. And then I literally never do it. Whatever. We're going to do it this time on the pod. I promise. Maybe. Um, on the Instagram, but there's a whole book about this where this like huge cohort of like poor queer men in Cuba infected themselves for the sake of like access to like material needs. Um, I don't know if you're interested in actually problematizing, um, bug chasing, uh, look no further than, uh, Leo Bersani and Adams Phillips essay on barebacking in the book intimacies. It's a great read. Um, I won't bore you all with my shoddy summary, but anyway, we're going to move on. Um, we have the meat market here. Honestly, we can just skip that. We're going to skip that meat market grinder sucks. Grinder sucks. Commodity. Your body's a commodity. The last like frontier of capitalism is the self, etc. Um, fag professions. I do want to talk about this. Like, <laughs> what are gays chewing and why? I mean, they're doing. What do we have here? Like four things. You're either working in finance, you're working in real estate, you're working in nursing, or you're a flight attendant. Now, why? And I don't know if we have the answer to this, but like, why is every male flight attendant gay? Why is every male flight attendant gay? Um, I mean, I think it's truly just a matter of, like, we, like, gender jobs. And, like, I can't think of anything more feminine than a flight attendant. So, naturally, the men who are attracted to that position are men who have also been stereotyped for being feminine. And I think also a lot of gay men, a lot of, like, queer people in general suffer from this concept of escapism, how they want to escape the modern life. Oh, my God, that's literally so true. Gay men are such sluts for travel, and, like, flight attendant is, like, definitely part of, like, living out that fan. I mean, it's also, like... Where are the bull dyke flight attendants? Where are the bull dyke flight attendants? If you are a bull dyke flight attendant, hit us the fuck up. We want to interview you, We'd love to interview you. We would love to interview you. Um, No, but I think what is interesting is we talked about this, too, like... Because, like... 
gay men are definitely disproportionately represented in finance and real estate, but those are otherwise like very masculine mm -hmm. industries. And it's sort of like whatever like kind of like shame you have about your sexuality like determines the fag profession you work in. Like if you're like a mask for mask bro who needs to like you're always in have finance. a toe in the closet, like you're in finance. Whereas like if you're like a sissy boy faggot. You're a flight you, attendant or an interior designer. An interior. Oh, sorry. There are five. You're also maybe an interior designer. So the fuckable ones are interior designers. Yeah. More or less. More or less. There are fuckable flight attendants, though. Oh, God, there's nothing worse than a hot flight attendant. Such close proximity and, like, no touching allowed. Mm. I'm creaming just thinking about it. I'm so creamy. Um, what are gays buying? What are gays buying with these egregious incomes they're making in their gay jobs? Why do people think gays have taste? We don't. We really don't. Gay men don't have taste. Gay men they have don't. horrible taste. Like, one cursory look at, like, the Pride Parade will tell you. Like, it's just, it's nauseating. It's called Queers Without Taste. It's called Queers Without Taste. We need to start a support group. For like, literally, when I, I remember as my little baby faggot self, my friend and I, like, really fought tooth and nail to start a GSA at our school. And it, we oh got, God, we got usurped by a cis het woman who became president of the GSA <laughs> because her older brother was gay and no. got, it was completely taken over by women who wanted a gay best friend. Why do people who were, okay, anti-queer jobs, people who work in education fucking hate queer people hate they hate queer people hate. and you know what it's crazy because you'd really think they don't but sleeper like sleeper what is the word i'm looking sleeper for homophobia thank you like sleeper homophobes working in child education when i tried to start a gay straight alliance at my school and granted this is when i didn't know i was gay but i was like the only one who didn't know i was gay mm -hmm. um i was like petitioning with a bunch of friends to find this club and <laughs> first, the assistant principal looked me dead in the face and was like, well, if men can marry men, like, why can't I marry my dog? And I was like, you know, that's different. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I know, you know, that's different. Also, am I like on like, am I being recorded? Like, do I have to answer that? Like, that's insane. And then finally, after I got through his rings of fire, I get to like the my principal, who was a woman at the time, and she was also like new to the school. Um. But I sort of, at the time, had a very positive impression of her. She seemed very progressive and, like, kind of, like, with it. And so I was like, okay, well, this is, like, the final stretch. This is totally going to work. And she reaches across the table as I, after I've, like, made my proposal with my friends, my peers behind me, all watching, gently grabs my hand and says, I understand, but I just feel like straight people are going to feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Outside of the fact that you're wrong, like, they don't want to be there. No. They don't want to be there. Like, I grew up in rural Florida. Like, straight people did, like, outside of literally myself at the time who thought he was straight, like, did not want to be there. No one, like, I, I was, it was just, it was crazy. But anyway, sleeper homophobes. Let me tell you, the straight people didn't feel left out at the GSA in my school because the <laughs> S was bold. <laughs> um, I feel like who's paying when you're queer do we want to talk about that? Eh. Um, stores that conceived our sexual awakening. Speaking of poor taste and buying things, 
Hollister. Hollister. Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> made me a faggot. Like, period. Absolutely. There was nothing more confusing than walking into a Hollister, smelling that god awful cologne, and seeing a like larger than life set of washboard abs. Oh my god. The Abercrombie and Fitch scent fierce made everyone go crazy in school. So much so that I paraded around with that scent. And I remember Jason. I'm not going to say his last name, but I really want to. Um, I feel like I shouldn't. You should. But Derulo. So Jason Derulo was wearing, <laughs> would always wear that cologne. It would drive me crazy. I remember seeing, oh, I sat behind him in math class, and I remember seeing just like a tiny little peak of his boxers and having a raging erection. It was so insane. But that raging erection like died down when my dyke sister started wearing no! fierce by Abercrombie and Fitch, and it completely killed the okay, but, for me. Okay, but she she queered it. She queered, she queered it. it. She, she queered you know it. what snaps to her? She, she queered, queered it. it. She queered Fierce by Abercrombie and Fitch. Now, this is really going to reveal something dark about my upbringing, oh, but God. like the, <laughs> the closest I truly came on a regular basis to that experience was perusing the underwear section in Kmart. Not Kmart. Yes, Kmart. Not Kmart. Absolutely Kmart. Um, for those of you... What would you even call Kmart? Like a a, a godless hellscape. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is like truly before like this is like before my town had Walmart or anything. Like we just had Kmart, and it was like seeing those. Oh, like, you're in the sticks. Oh, I wow. was in the sticks, sweetheart. And like seeing those naked bodices on those wrappers, like it just did something. It really is crazy how long it took me to realize I was gay. Anyway, I feel like we're running out of time, but we're going to do a lightning round. I've written down the 10 richest men in the world. Jeep and I have sort of looked at some of their photos and we're going to tell you very quickly if we would fuck them and why or why not. So Jeff Bezos. Absolutely. No, I I can't do his head. He looks like an egg. Um, Elon Musk. Absolutely. Also, also, honestly, absolutely. I was going to say no, but like for the sheer miracle that is his hair transplant, like I have to congratulate him with Poon. 100%. Um, Bernard Arnault. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I don't remember what he looked No, like. he was ugly as shit. Bill Gates, like he, yeah. If you're, once again, I just want to, this whole list, like, Except Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not going to fuck him. He's next. <laughs> I fuck Bill Gates. Bill Gates kind of seems nice. I just feel like he's very, I feel like he's nice and he would nut in like a, a tight 30. So it would just be like really yeah. easy. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, no. Way too scary. Way, way too, too scary. scary. What is it about him? I feel like he's going to suck my soul out of my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> His skin is translucent it's and he looks like a fucking robot. And also like his wife, like what would she do to me if she found out I slept with him? Absolutely nothing. You don't, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Buffett. Okay. He's the yes. one on the list. Top cock on this list. Warren Buffett. He's a sweetheart. He spent like $5 million to build a playground in Topeka. That man's priorities are warped, but also kind of good. I really want Warren Buffett to hear you say he's got top cock. <laughs> Do you think he'd pay me just for saying that? <laughs> Can we get Warren Buffett as a guest on our podcast? If anyone has a direct line to Warren Buffett, hit me up. Okay, 7 through 10, I literally... First of all, there's a... there. I just... I don't have an answer for you, but number seven is Larry Ellison and number eight is Larry Page. And like, I'm sorry, why are two people named Larry, Larry. in the top 10 richest? Like that is the darkness of capitalism right there. Multiple Larrys being the richest people in the world. 
Um, Sergi and Mukesh, I'm sorry. I just don't think we can squeeze you in today. I'll squeeze you in. (laughs) (laughs) For a lot of money. Seven zeros, no less. Seven zeros, no less. But on that note, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Gapekeepers. This has been another episode of Mind the Gape. I'm Reese. And I'm Jeep. Toodles. TTYS.